Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We are so glad you're with us. We're a Bible-based church from Ontario, Canada, and together we're on a mission to reach people far from Christ and see them become devoted followers of Him. God is calling each one of us to level up, to progress in our faith, generosity, love, and leadership. Unfortunately, we often find ourselves stagnant and coasting, and it can be difficult to find the motivation to go to the next level. In this message, we'll be learning about five levels or steps of generosity, and we'll take time to consider where we are as we seek to level up in the area of giving. With that, let's turn it over to Pastor Nathan in part two of our Level Up series called Take a Step. Awesome. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks to those ladies for sharing. Uh, we've been filming uh, before and after service at the back. If you'd like to share a story of where you're currently leveling up or where God is stretching you either now or in the past in your faith, we'd love to just share those stories with our church. And uh, it was just incredible talking to people at the service who were encouraged by what they heard and uh, making connections. Amazing. So if you weren't here with us last week, we're in week two of a little four-week message series, a little kind of mini sermonette that I'm calling Level Up. Can we all say that together? Level up. I believe that God has wired and created each and every one of us um, to to desire to grow, to desire to progress to the next level, to desire to to go higher in our faith, in our love, and our generosity in every single area. I think it's why when when little kids are little, when we were little, uh, we were so excited about graduating, about leveling up in in different areas. And I think that's true for every one of us, regardless of our age and stage. Last week, I told you about my first time playing Nintendo. I played Mario Brothers. This is this is a while ago, and uh, I remember uh, just being really terrible at it. So they put me to the first level, which is super easy, and I'm progressing with Mario through the level, trying not to die. And at the end of the at the end of the level, uh, they were like, "Jump on the flag! Jump on the flag! Jump on the flag!" And I said, "What are you talking about?" And then I finally recognized, "Oh, there's a little flagpole." And when I jumped on it. It was like da 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 That's the two coins that I picked up while trying not to die. And it was like this this moment that music played. It was like I just leveled up. I just got to level two, and then I progressed through level three and four. And much later, I would eventually complete the whole game. I know you guys are proud of me, but uh, it wasn't that hard. Um, I've progressed through the levels, and uh, you know, in my life though, I've experienced that very same feeling. Uh, I remember different times in my life uh, doing something that was difficult and accomplishing it, and just hearing that music in the back of my head. Da 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 da. It's like, yes, I just did. I just graduated high school. No more school for me. Off to Bible college. More school. And then I get to school, and I remember getting there and being challenged in my faith. I remember the first time I stood up in front of my classmates and shared my testimony and then did a little mini-sermon. It was terrifying. I had to change my shirt after. I was so nervous. I was so scared. And then I, was, I am a musician. I play, play the guitar and sing. And I remember leading worship for the first time in front of over 1,000 people with TV cameras and stuff. And just that feeling of, like, I don't think I could do this. But then getting off the stage and being like, I did that. I leveled up, and God has, has called me to stretch in, in so many different ways. Left Bible college, went back home um, to Trenton, where my parents were living. And when I got there, I, um, I, I, I 
took a job as an associate pastor. It's like, man, I'm a young 20-something with the title of pastor. That was intimidating. And I began uh, to work with inner city kids and just seeing God work through me. And, and each stage just felt like da-da-da-da-da. Like it was just leveling up in all these different ways as God stretched me in my faith. And then uh, married Jessica and moved to Peterborough. Another big stretch. <laughs> That was like that was like going to a whole other world, you know. It's like when you go down the tube and you come out and everything's different. It's like, what just happened? Marriage. So there we are, and we're moving forward. I remember my first time. Um, remember my first time uh, becoming a boss, which is terrifying because you know, for all my life, I just complained about <laughs> like oh, I could do it better if I was in charge. And then all of a sudden, I was in charge, and all these guys work for me, and they're complaining, and I'm like, you guys don't understand. It's leveling up. I remember mortgaging our house. We had bought our first house, saved for years, bought our first house, put a down payment on it, and then mortgaging it to the hilt to buy into that business, which was a good idea in retrospect. And then later to actually leave that business and sell it to start a church. That felt like Bowser's Castle. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Some of you da-da-da-da-da-da. It's like, we're about to die. It was scary. But each step along the way, and this is true for your story as well, whatever your story is, that we're stretched in our faith because God calls us higher and he calls us to places we've never been and he calls us to boldly go where we have never gone before and to trust him as we go. It, this, when you read the Bible story, this is what you discover. Like God comes to Moses and God says to Moses, hey, <laughs> I'm going to deliver my people from Egyptian bondage. And Moses is like, yes, I'm sending you, Moses. What? I, I can't, I, I don't speak well. I, I don't have power. I don't have authority. I'm a shepherd. Like, oh, could you send me an old man? And God's like, no, no, I'm going to send you. And if I were Moses, I'd be like, are you, are you going to give me Excalibur or a lightsaber or something to like to, and God's like, no, no, that's staff in your hand. That'll do. And so this old shepherd walks into Pharaoh's castle with a stick. And God's like, I'll do that. Maybe you heard the story of Gideon, right? An angel of the Lord shows up to Gideon and says, Mighty man of valor, and he's hiding. He's hiding in a wine press. Trying to save his crops. And God's like, Mighty man of valor. Me? Yeah, I'm going to save the nation from the Midianites through you. And he's like, With what? How about 300 men? We'll send all the rest of the soldiers home and we'll give you some torches and clay pots. That should do it. And time and time again, as you read the story of the Bible, God calls us to do things we can't do without him which means that it requires that we have faith in him. It requires that he shows up. And my experience has been that every time God calls me higher, calls me to level up in some way, it's hard. I feel like I can't do it. I feel like it's too much. And yet as I take a step of faith, he strengthens and provides. And I look back and go, that was hard. It was worth it. And, and he did it. That's, that's the pattern. It's the pattern of the Bible. It's the pattern of your spiritual and personal growth as we move forward. So this series, these four weeks, is not about looking back Oh, look how far I've come. That's a really good idea. That would be a different series where we look back at God's faithfulness and we're encouraged by it. You can do that. But this series, what we're talking about for four weeks is, is simply asking the question, what is God calling you and me to now? What's next? What level is he trying to get us to? And what's it going to take um, to get to that uh, level? Two questions we asked last week and we'll continue to ask as we work our way through this series. The first question is this, in what way is God calling you to level up. This is where it gets personal. Because for some listening today, it might be forgiveness. For others, it might be a discipline issue. For, for some of you, it might be your diet. 
It might be a relationship issue. It might be addiction. It might be something different for everybody. But I believe that if we honestly ask the question, God, in what way are you calling me to level up, that he will put his finger on one thing. And let's be honest. We all have a lot of things we need to level up in. Like when I think about myself, I could improve as a husband, as a father, as a leader, as a boss, as a friend. Like there's just all these ways. But I really think that that God's trying to get my attention in one specific area. And it's probably the case with you that he's inviting us to come to come a little higher. Okay, none of us has arrived, but God calls us higher. So in what way is he calling you to level up? And secondly, what or who is at stake if you don't? I said this last week. For so many of us, we grow. We grow and we're seeing all kinds of progress. Maybe it's in our faith or in our relationship or our finances. And we're doing so well. And then all of a sudden, we get to the, it starts to get harder. The higher you go, the harder it gets. That's, that's the... Uh, the law of diminishing returns. The higher you go, the harder it gets. And so sometimes we just start coasting. Like this far enough, my faith is strong enough. My relationship is good enough. I'll settle here. And so we just start coasting. And usually what happens when you're coasting is you start slowing down and declining, right? Let's be honest. You can coast for a little while, but then you've got to do something to go to the next level. And so the question is, what's at stake if, if you and I uh, don't do that? I believe also that not only does God give us the desire to grow and to progress... But he also has uh, given each one of us God-given potential. And I hope you understand this, that none of us have reached our potential. Like we have potential in, in all the different areas of our life that God has given us with our resources and abilities and all that. So we have our potential and we're somewhere here, but there's all this potential. And God calls us into that potential. But not only are we to improve in our interpersonal skills and our budgeting skills and our all that's practical stuff, you know, handling our own personality, that's a skill. Uh, so not only are we improving all that, but I believe that there are things that God calls each of us to do that he's inviting us to do with his help and that, he's going to lead, that only we can do. I believe that we have God-given potential. These are the things that are unique and special to us that God is calling us to. And when we're willing to take a step in his direction and trust him, it is incredible what God will do in and through a life that is surrendered to him. I want to recap just quickly from last week in Philippians 3, verse 14. Paul says, I haven't arrived I'm still leveling up. He says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We said this last week. God is calling each of us higher. He will love us, accept us where we are, but he won't leave us there. He loves us too much. So he invites us higher. He invites us to move in his direction. And there's often a gap. So I've got, I've got my little steps here. I'm going to throw them up. They're heavier than they ought to be, but um, here's my steps. And uh, for most of us, we feel like God is calling us to something, so up here, and we find ourselves somewhere over here, and there's often a gap. Have, have any of you felt the gap before? The gap of like, this is the kind of person I want to be, and here's who I currently am. These are the disciplines that I want to have, and this is where I'm currently at, and there's a gap. And the question is, uh, what do we do when God calls us and gives us a vision for something greater and more? How do we get there? And I would answer that the way we get there is to take a step. And we actually take small steps in the direction that God is calling us. This is how we progress and get anywhere. Practical example. Um, let's say you were, wanted to run a marathon. I have no idea why anybody would want to run a marathon. I, this is not, um, it's not something that I am into. Uh, but if you want to run, I got a running shoe. You're probably thinking, who would wear Converse <laughs> in a marathon? Someone in the first service said that the shoes are too big for the steps. And they're actually right. Uh, but if you were going to run a marathon, uh, by the way, I got a little picture up here. A marathon is 42 kilometers. 
Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and if you want to run a marathon, the goal is to run the 42-kilometer race, and that's a goal for you. Uh, my question to you would be like, where are you at now with your running? And if you said to me, I don't run, there's a big gap. So you're over here. And you say, I want to run a marathon. That's the vision that I have. This is the goal that I have. How do you get there? Well, I would suggest that you have to, that you have to set in front of yourself some steps. So maybe the first step would be to walk around your block. <laughs> Let's say running two kilometers would be a first goal. And uh, once you work your way up to that, maybe you run two kilometers every day for a month and, and your cardiovascular health, maybe you lose a bit of weight, your joints and everything is, is getting where you can handle it. And now you're going to progress to the next level, which might be to run five kilometers. Whew. Which was unthinkable a couple steps ago, but now you can do it. And if you continue to work hard at it and eat right and continue to run and stretch and all that stuff, you can get to 10 kilometers. And then maybe you finally say, man, I'm going to run 20 kilometers. And that's a, that's a big deal. And so you progress to the 20 kilometer. Now, by the way, as you progress, it gets harder and harder to get these next levels. Uh, but you continue to progress and finally you're ready and you run a marathon and you get the photos and you share it with your friends and there's a sense of accomplishment. And you look back and you say, that was hard, but it was worth it, right? This is the progress, how it works. So the answer to how do you close the gap between where you want to be and where you currently are is simple. You take a step. And that's the title of my message today, Take a Step. This is, this is how we progress. It is exactly what God calls us to do. There's a reason why Jesus invited his disciples to follow him. It's like just one foot in front of the other, follow me where I lead, and we continue to take steps and progress in the direction that God is, is calling us. Uh, can I share a fun story with you? Because uh, I, I kind of want to make this point that leveling up is hard. It's hard, but it, but it is worth it. And that the higher you go, the harder it gets. But at the end, uh, there's something that's so valuable. And uh, so I got this little story. Let me, let me cue it up. Uh, before, uh, about three weeks ago, I was in uh, Peru with my younger brother. And he wanted to go see Machu Picchu, which was really cool. And so we went down to Peru, and uh, there's this town below Machu Picchu called Aguas Calientes. It means hot springs. And uh, you can only get there by rail. It's the only way in. You can't drive there. So we took the train, and we get to this town. And the town is only hotels, stores, shops, and, uh, and restaurants. That's it. And the only locals that live there are the people that service the restaurants and the tourism industry. So it's like this little town nestled in the mountains. And so we go to this town, and uh, my brother tells me that he got us a deal on our hotel for the night. Airbnb. And I'm like, great. Awesome. Sounds good. And so we get to the town, and, and he pulls out his phone, and we're following the GPS to this hotel that he booked. Real cheap, right? Which is, makes me nervous already. But he says, we're going to go to this hotel. And so we're wandering around, and we, we end up in the main square of the town, which is beautiful. You're looking up at the mountains, and he's like, it's somewhere around here. And I'm thinking, good job, bro. Like, this is beautiful. And, and then he says, actually, it's down that alley. So we begin to walk down this tiny concrete alley. It's dark. There's tarps and garbage everywhere. I got a little, uh, got a little video footage here. You can see we're heading up the stairs. So Google is leading us up these stairs to our hotel. Uh, many people have, have died following Google into the unknown, but we, we were doing it anyways. So we're, we're heading up these stairs, and I'm thinking to myself the whole time, I'm like, dude, what kind of hotel did you book us? Could there possibly be one? So these stairs turn into, you won't believe this, turn into dirt and rocks. So we'll go to the next one. We turn the corner, and then we're continuing up the stairs, right? So you could say this hotel is not uh, accessible, 
So we're heading up, we're heading up these dirt stairs, and the whole time I'm going, bro, I think we got ripped off, scammed. So we turn the corner, and then I get a, my first glimpse of our hotel. There it is. Little concrete box. Um, I see the sign on the hotel. It's called, <laughs> he had sent me the information, but I never paid attention to the name. It's called High Jungle Eco Hotel. And it was high in the jungle, and it was definitely an eco hotel. So there's our hotel. So we get to the top of the stairs, and we go to check in, and we're both like, Passaporta. We're like, this is second. And so we give the passports. We get checked into the hotel. And so we go up to our room, and I got some footage here of the room. So this, this, was, the, this was the surprise. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. We got marble floors and a flat screen TV, and uh, we got we had a nice bathroom with a shower that worked. It had hot water. That was great. And then check out the view, okay? So this is our $50 hotel. Uh, look at the view uh, up into the mountains, right? So anyway, I wanted to share that with you because it's so indicative of how life works. We, we sense there's something we need to work on. We sense God's calling us higher, and we're trudging through, and we're just like, oh, man, is this actually going to turn? And we're just trusting and following and slugging away. And then we have these moments of inspiration when we stop and we go, look what God's done. Look at, look at where we've arrived. And we miss all of that if we stop. We miss all of that uh, when we stop. And so I wanted to encourage you with that. It's just a fun little story. I spent a week with my brother. I'll have lots more to come in the future, I'm sure. Um, so following the steps and continuing to progress, it's, it's worth it in the end. And I want to share that with you. So I want to turn to Colossians chapter 1. And I want to look at three verses here in which Paul is going to pray for the Colossians. And uh, we're looking at, at Paul's letters and encouragements through this series. And, and here he's going, to, he's going to encourage the Colossian church with what he's praying for them. It says this in Colossians 1, beginning in verse 9. He says, And so, from the day that we heard about your faith and love, we have not ceased to pray for you. Paul's like, we are praying for you, the church. And he tells us exactly what he's praying for. He says, I'm praying, asking that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will, all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So Paul says, what I want for you as I pray for you is that you would know what God's will is. Who thinks that's important? I do. Here's what God's will is. I want you to have knowledge. I want you to have wisdom, spiritual wisdom, knowledge, understanding, God's will. That's great. Like, I want you to know the right things. But thankfully, Paul doesn't stop there. We're going to see in just a minute that knowing stuff isn't enough. And you know that this is true. Knowing stuff isn't enough. During COVID, when everything got canceled and shut down, I spent a lot of time watching YouTube videos. I'm kind of embarrassed to say it. But, you know, YouTube is one of those things uh, that when you start watching one video, it starts populating with more of the same. And so what I ended up watching, strangely enough, was like professional trainers and high-level athletes and strength lifters and all this kind of stuff. So I'm watching and I'm listening to these different people talking about how to like reach your maximum potential, how to, how to break through the law of diminishing returns and, and how to get that 5% stronger that you've never been able to get. And, and they talked about all the different strategies like nutrition and, and, and different types of, of sets and reps and ways to exercise and, and how important sleep is. Did you know that if you eat the right food and do all the exercise, but don't sleep, you won't see the progress you want to see. So there's like all these elements. And so I feel like I'm almost like a, almost a personal trainer. I've got so much information in my head. And yet you're probably looking at me and going, clearly he didn't do it. Right? I learned how to eat and I learned how to train and how to lift heavy things. But then I'm looking at it and I'm going, that looks hard. And the truth of the matter is, for most of us, the problem isn't our lack of knowledge. The problem is our lack of action. Right? 
It's not the Bible verses that we don't know or the Bible verses we don't understand that are holding us back. It's the Bible verses we're not doing that hold us back. Because we know, we know how to lose weight. It's easy. It's called eat less and do more. We just call the book that and leave the pages empty. It's like, here you go. And if we just ate less and did more activity, we would, we would lose weight. You say, well, I, what should I eat? Eat things that grow. I'm pretty sure you're going to lose weight if you eat things that grow instead of things that are processed in a plant. Someone said, well, how do I, how do I become financially wealthy? <laughs> Spend less, save more. And then buy things that grow. It's like the same formula. It's so simple. And we all know it, but we need the latest iPhone. We all know it, but there's things we want and things we... So, again, the problem isn't a knowledge problem. It's an action problem. So Paul says, I want you to have, I want you to have uh, knowledge of, of God's will. I want you to have uh, understanding. And I want you to have wisdom. And here's what he says next in verse 10. So that, I want you to know stuff so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. I want you to know what God's will is so you'll do what God's will is. You see? It's not just information. It's information. And uh, we can come to church and learn things about God, but if we don't apply them on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they don't help us. It's just head knowledge without being lived out. So he says, I want you to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him and bearing fruit in every good work. So Paul says, I don't want you to just know the right things. I want you to do the right things. And we say this, that knowing the will of God should translate into doing the will of God. You with me? Knowing his will should translate into doing his will. This is, this is the issue uh, that we find ourselves in. And here's what's so cool. Paul says, as you, as you take steps, not just knowing, but doing, each step that you take, he says this, he says that you will increase in the knowledge of God. So if you throw that next one up, it says, bearing fruit in every good work, so you're doing what you know to do, and increasing in the knowledge of God. And then it says bearing, uh, it says increasing in the knowledge of God. It'll, it'll pop up there in a second. So the point is, is this, that there are lessons and there is a knowledge of God that you only discover at the next level. Uh, when my wife and I were first married and we didn't have kids, I looked at other people with their kids and saw them misbehaving and I thought, how do so many people not know what they're doing? I, I literally, I thought that. I'm like, people haven't figured this out. And then we had our own kids who sometimes annoy you. And, and you experience all of a sudden there's a difficult... It's like you watch somebody and they got their teenagers and they're like, meh, 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 and they have a little attitude and you're like, oh man, they should learn how to parent until you have teenagers. And they're like, oh, it's just part of the deal. <laughs> okay? And, and then they become young adults and those are other issues. And, and so the whole thing progresses. And the, the point is, it's like there are some lessons you only learn at the next level. When I, when I was an employee, and I, yeah, the boss should do this or that. Then when I became the person responsible and having to make the hard decisions, it was like, oh... There are some things we learn at the next level. So people say, well, mental health, no big deal. Sure, until you or someone you love is struggling with mental health. And then all that stuff you read in a book, you're going, oh. Like, see, what happens is when you face a, a trial like that and you have to take a step up, you have to learn to grow in grace and patience and to speak the right way. There's, there's lessons to learn, and you only learn the lessons at the next level. And, and so Paul is saying, listen. I want you to know God's will and know, have wisdom and understanding so that you'll do it. And in the doing it, you'll get to know God better. I learn lessons about God every time he stretches me to a place of trust. 
I learn things about myself and I learn things about God. By the way, we're talking about taking steps and making progress to the next level. You can't progress unless there's heart work happening at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like, so in order for you to go to the next level of anything, there's always stuff that has to change. Like, God, I want my marriage to be better, so fix my wife. And it's like, no, no. God's like, if you want to go to the next level in your marriage, there's some heart work you have to do. you got to learn to zip it, buddy. That's usually, I usually say stuff too quickly and too harshly. So i got to learn to be... So there's heart work that has to happen for me to see the thing that God wants me to level up. Is, am I preaching to anybody today? I don't know. Um, <laughs> He continues in uh, verse 11. So uh, at each level, as we progress, we find new challenges, new insights, new victory, but also new lessons about God and about ourselves. Paul says this in verse 11, that in doing all of this, you will uh, be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Paul says, as we progress and obey God, we'll actually find that we know God better and we'll find as we look back that it was actually God empowering us and strengthening us to do the very thing he asked us to do in the first place, which is so cool. That's how God works. And he says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And in the end, God gets the glory for all that he's doing in our lives. So for the next 10 minutes, I want to take this theoretical stuff I've been talking about and I want to specifically hone in on one area. Now, let me be very clear. This may not be the area that God is calling you to grow in, but it's worth talking about. And for the next 10 minutes, I want to talk about giving, generosity, and money. You can hear a pin drop. It's so quiet, okay? So I'm going to flip my steps around. And I've shared this before, so this isn't going to be new for some of you. But these are what I call the steps of generosity, okay? The steps of generosity. A couple things I need you to know in case you're nervous. Uh, the first thing I want you to know is I'm not talking about money today because we need a bunch of your money. Actually, I have an update. We said we'd do a monthly update, and so we've been trying to update this graph. So the green line that you see is kind of how we have to progress as a church to meet our budget at year end. And the blue line is where we're currently at. So we're ahead of budget. So there's no offering at the end. I'm not going to, there's no drive-by guilting. You should do more. We need your help. There's none of that. I want to talk about money, and I want to talk about generosity, not for our sake, but for your sake. Uh, when, when one of my kids comes to me and says, Hey dad, I got, I got paid and I got this money and I'm going to, I'm going to put $20 in the offering. I want to give some to the church. The last thing on my mind is like, yeah, we're closer to meeting our budget. It doesn't even cross my mind. I'm like, yeah, that's the right heart. Why? Because I want my kids to be generous. I want you to be generous. Because here's the beautiful thing. When we, all of us grow in generosity and we move in this direction, it actually benefits everyone. Let me, let me be clear. When we're generous, it actually benefits us. There's joy and fulfillment that comes from it. But it benefits the people who are closest to us, our family and friends. It benefits our community, the, the church, or other charities, organizations, our city. Everyone is blessed when we grow in generosity. So it actually doesn't matter if you give grow in generosity towards this church or another organization. That's really not the point, because when we grow in generosity, we, we all win. Um, we've got a passage of scripture here. It's found in, in Proverbs uh, chapter 11, verse 24. I love this. It says this. One gives freely. So this is a person who gives freely, open hands, yet grows all the richer. It's interesting because in the last month, I've had two people in our church say to me, I keep giving stuff away and blessing others, and more keeps landing in my lap. Two people said that to me this month. And I thought to myself, 
That's actually biblical. It says right here. It's like there's something incredible that happens. Some of the most wealthy people in the world are also the most generous. And, of course, we all think, well, if I had a million dollars, I'd be generous. If I won the lottery, it's the Lotto 649 thing, right? Just imagine. And we just keep imagining we don't do anything. If I had a million dollars, you know the song, right? I'd buy you a house and a K car. We think of all the stuff we would do. And then I would say to people, I'd say, well, what are you doing right now? And they're like, nothing. I mean, I got my, this will represent our, our giving, okay? We got our pig. The first time I used this pig, it was empty. But now, see, I'm saving for something. So people say, you see, here's, I've never met somebody who didn't want to be generous. Have you? Like if I asked all of you, like, would you like to be more generous and help more people? Everyone would say yes. But if I asked everyone, what are you doing about it? Not everyone would say yes. See, some of us would be like, oh, well, nothing. I can't. So we're way over here. And again, my goal in all this is to say, hey, what would it look like for you to take a step towards being a more generous person? We've already stated that it will bring blessing to you. Let's read the rest of the passage. I'm, I'm getting off track here. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he has and only suffers one. Have you ever experienced this in your own life? Or seen somebody who just is so stingy and they always seem to be in lack? And yet there's people who are so generous and they always have more than they need. It's incredible. I actually heard a story after the first service. Someone came to me and just told me about a time when they were, they were just in the, the tightest spot. And they were at church and God said, put that last $10 you have in the offering. And they did it. And then this miracle worked out and they got what they needed. And it was, just, it was like God saying, see, I can be trusted. And so it's, it's crazy as people experience these different things that, that when we open up our hands and give God, it goes on to say, whoever brings blessing will be enriched. By the way, there's lots of ways to be a blessing and generous. It's not all money, right? Time, love, attention, all those things. But whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. So I'm going to quickly just walk through these five steps and describe them. Um, One thing I think is really important for me to note about these is that there's no dollar amounts assigned to this. Because all of us can take steps, and it's not about, it's not like this is $5 and 50 and 500 and 5,000. It's not that. It's heart process, as in everything. And the scripture actually says God loves a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. So if you're doing it out of guilt, please don't do it at all. God wants you to give because you love him and you love others. And to grow in this, you're going to have to take steps and use faith. And so the first one we have here is an initial giver. Okay, and this is somebody who gives for the first time. This is why I'm so excited when I see a little kid take some money and give it to somebody who needs it or to take a toy or something that's valuable to them and to share it. It's this learning the joy of generosity, learning that, hey, this is something I want to keep doing. And it starts with an initial gift. You know, there there are probably people listening to me today, I don't have no idea, who've never given to this church. If you're a guest with us, don't worry about it. You're a guest. But if you're part of this church family, uh, think about it this way. If someone comes to visit your home, they're like, hey, can I help with dishes? Like, no, no, no worries about the dishes. We got it. No problem. So glad you came. Just, hey, have a nice night. We'll take care of everything. But if that person moves in with you, <laughs> it changes, right? It's like, I'm not washing your laundry. You, you're going to help. We all contribute to the family. And so for, for, if you're part of this church, you can do something to help out, whether it's serving or giving. But the point is, is that when you take that first step, it opens up the doorway to generosity. Uh, that's the initial, initial. The next is, is what we call occasional giving. And there's a number of reasons why someone might be an occasional giver. One reason I've found is that uh, people are sometimes motivated by need, which is actually a really beautiful and godly thing, to see a need and want to meet it. 
But sometimes um, we only give and help others when there's a need that we can fulfill. Uh, Or sometimes we can only give because we only have resources sometimes. Anybody ever been there? It's like, I got nothing. I can't do anything. And then, oh, this month I've got some extra, so I'm going to help. So that's an occasional giver. It's the next step on the ladder of generosity. This, this middle one is kind of where I would hope that the people of our church could get to. And again, this isn't about dollar amounts. This is about heart work. Because this is what we call the intentional giver. And the difference between an intentional giver and an occasional giver... I should be using my pick. Uh, this intentional giver is somebody who actually plans to give. Who, at the beginning of the month or the year sets aside a budget, a plan that says, you know what, giving and sharing with others, whether it be this church or anywhere else, this is so important to me because I want to be a generous person that I'm actually going to set aside an amount, a percentage. We talk a lot about percentages here because percentages grow with your income. I've noticed sometimes I'm giving at a certain rate and my income goes up and and it's like, oh, whoa, I need to adjust that uh, as a percentage. And so with percentage giving, because then all of a sudden you're saying, this is so important to me, I'm baking it into my budget and I'm doing it first. And regardless of the amounts, if everyone got here, there would be steady giving and generosity happening across every level of the church, whether small amounts or big. But there's another level and there are people in our church who have moved to this level, which we call sacrificial giving. And sacrificial givers aren't just baking in a certain amount of generosity into their lives, but a sacrificial giver is somebody who's saying, what can I cut out of my life so that I can do more for others? That's a lot of hard work, and that's beautiful. When someone says, you know what, I can live without that. I can live without this thing, and I can share that with somebody else so they can benefit. I don't need it. That's a sacrificial giver. So giving up something for the sake of others. And lastly, we have, this is getting pretty high level, generational giver. And a generational giver is somebody who has worked their way through the steps and has landed at this place where they're like, my life and everything that I have is for the good of others. And I'm actually going to make a difference in a whole community, in a region, like big thinking and taking their resources and blessing and encouraging an entire community of people. Now, here's the thing. We all want to be this kind of person. Would would you agree with me? We'd all love to make a difference everywhere we go and share and be generous and be that person. But we got to start somewhere. And my, my encouragement to everyone is like, wherever you are, take a step. It's for your benefit. Because as you are a blessing to others, you'll be watered, you'll be filled, and you'll grow. And this is how uh, the process works. Now, let me set this aside for a second because we're, we're talking about money. But this is true not only of giving but in every area of our life. If you struggle with forgiveness, you got to take a step. <laughs> And you have to progress through it. If it's a relationship issue, no matter what it is that God's putting his finger on, the process is the same. And what I wanted to ask uh, this question today as we kind of wrap up is these, here's the two questions we've been asking. Number one, in what way is God calling you to level up? Maybe you're listening today and God's speaking to you about this. Then figure out what your next step is and take that step of faith. And he'll, he'll supply and he'll, he'll make you able to do it. But if it's something else, then the question is, what's your next step? What step can you take to move in the direction that God's calling you? And what or who's at stake if you don't? Is this making sense to anybody? Take a step. Everybody, tell, just say that out loud. Take a step. Tell somebody if you're sitting with them. Take a step. And my hope is we continue through this series over the next couple of weeks that you would, you would identify with God's help the thing that he's calling you to take a step in and that you would identify what that step is and begin to move in that direction. Because here's the thing. When you level up, benefits you and everyone around you.
if everyone in our church leveled up in some area, whatever it is that God's putting his finger on, we grow because we're a body. And when every part of the body is growing as God enables, we all grow. We all benefit. The kingdom moves forward. So what's your next step? What is it going to look like for you to take faith and move in that direction? Next week, we're actually going to, we're going to talk about the capacity myth. So I'm really excited about that. I've been thinking about that a lot, watching YouTube videos about exercise, and I'll share all that with you next week. Uh, before we go, though, let me pray with you, and then I need you to just to stay, sit tight for just a minute. We're going to invite you to help us with a little quick survey. So, Father, thank you for every person who's present here today. And Lord, as we talk about leveling up and where you're calling us to be, God, we know that there's a gap between where we currently are and where you're calling us to. And it takes faith and it takes effort and work to move in your direction and take a step. I pray that today you would put your finger on the area that you are calling us to level up. And that, God, you would identify uh, for us what our next step is to take. My guess, Lord, is that most of us know what that is. We just need the confidence and the trust to take that step. So thank you uh, for empowering us, enabling us, and calling us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Hey, that's it from us. Thank you so much for joining. Please stay connected with us. Be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's Pathway Church PTBO. Hey, God is at work in this world, and we feel so blessed that we get to be a part of what he is doing. Have a great day wherever you're at, and we hope to see you soon.